What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Janae Levin on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Janae, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you like with your story. Yes. Hi, my name is Janae. Shelly, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I am so excited, you know, to have this opportunity to share my story. So um, from the other um, episodes that I've listened to, I've listened to tons of them. Everyone usually starts off like a little um, back with their husband and stuff. So my husband's name is Michael, Mike, and um, we got married back in 2013. And um, after we got married, we didn't have a plan or anything. We, I just knew like, oh, you know, both of us was like, let's go on a vacation, you know, before we start trying to have a baby or anything. So we waited like a year. Um, we had went on a trip and then like 2014, um, I think it was like November, the end of November, December, I was on birth control and I had got off of birth control. I want to say it was December. And then March of 2015, um, I found out I was pregnant um, with our son now, Malik. And, um, I was, we, I found out we, we were pregnant and the pregnancy was healthy, fine. There was no, um, complications, no issues or anything. Um, so that pregnancy went well, um, trying to think nothing really came up. I want to say as a concern or anything. So fast forward a lot of time, um, to November of 2018, um, that's when, we kind of decided like, okay, Malik was I think two and a half at the time. Yes. Two and a half getting ready to turn three in December of 2018. And we decided like, okay, you know, this will be a good time. We were ready and stuff. Cause by, I was working part-time after I had my son and um, my mom and my dad were the only ones that were um, taking care of him on my part-time days. And, um, my mother-in-law, she was ill at the time and she would have loved to been able to help take care of him, but she wasn't able to due to a lot of health issues. So that was another reason why we kind of knew, like, we weren't really ready to have another baby. So like quickly, because we knew like either I was going to stop working since we didn't, um, at the time they didn't want to do daycare or anything. So, um, I found out I was pregnant actually December of 2018. It was um, like the first week of December and I'm, my cycles are pretty like regular for the most part, like 27, 28 days cycles. And um, I had a feeling that I was pregnant because I was like a couple days late. It was my son's birthday. It was his third birthday. We had went out um, to Chicago and did like, super fun day for him that day and everything and I was like you know this would be cool to find out like for sure for sure on his birthday so after we had some people over at the house later that night I took a test and sure enough yes two lines popped up dark lines and I was like I knew it you know and I had debated on like am I gonna wait to tell Mike or what so I had thought of like this little cute idea I had like a little jewelry box and like there was like a bracelet on top of it and he thought I was like giving him the bracelet and like looking back on it, it's kind of funny because it's like the bracelet was like a more like girly bracelet I'm sure he was like why is she giving me this but he's like so sweet about it and stuff and so I was like no open it open it so like he pulled it up and then there was like the pregnancy test and he was just so shocked and he couldn't believe it and then I was like yep you know we are we're having our um next baby our other baby So then, um, I want to say after that, I was about five and a half weeks. Um, I remember it was like a Sunday and I had like some light spotting and I like went to the bathroom. I had some light spotting, very, very light. So like I told my husband, I'm like, babe, I'm spotting. So then, you know, I'm trying like not to freak out about it. 
Because I remember I did have some spotting with Malik, but I feel like it wasn't until like I was like 15, 16 weeks or something like that with him. So I didn't think at the time like anything too serious. So then um, like an hour passed. And of course, once you see spotting, you're like constantly going to the bathroom. I felt like every five minutes, every 10 minutes, checking, checking. And then like just something came over me. I was like, something just doesn't seem right. Something just didn't seem right. So we went, we ended up going to the ER. I was like, you know what, babe, let's just go. So it, it was him and um, our son and we went to the ER. And I remember them asking me like, oh, well, like, how much are you bleeding? Like, are you going through pads? And I was like, no, you know, like it was not heavy at all. It was just some light spotting. So it was kind of like, hearing that question frequently of like how many pads it was like kind of like like in my mind like oh okay maybe it's no big deal Janae like you're really not bleeding that much you know and stuff so anyways like we're after being there for hours um they had gave me they sent me down for an ultrasound the ultrasound tech she was awesome and everything and she was talking to me she actually like showed me the screen um and I remember her saying like oh the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And I know typically they say like texts don't really say anything. So I was surprised that she was, you know, talking to me and telling me that. And um, she said the baby doesn't have a heartbeat, but it's too early. Or may, you know, I'm not sure if she at the time said the baby didn't have a heartbeat. But I know remember she it was something she told me something like the fetal pole or something. But she was like, it's very, very early, which it was very early. So I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, it's just early. It's just early, you know? So I go back in the room. I'm with Mike and our son. And the ER doctor comes in. I mean, she had, like, this, her demeanor, her look, like, just everything, like, on her face. No emotion. She was like, um, it shows that you have like a subchorionic hematoma. And um, I guess what that is, is like where the placenta de detaches or something. And like, um, it lifts apart and forms like a sac between the placenta and the uterus or something like that. And she goes, and I'm sorry, but you're having, you're experiencing a miscarriage. And like, I looked at her like, wait, what? Like, the way she said it was like, you're like so for certain like she was so for sure like you're experiencing a miscarriage you're gonna have a miscarriage so it was like that little bit of hope when I came back to the room and then like that was like taken away instantly as soon as she said that so I'm like sitting there in shock like I'm looking at my husband we're just looking at each other like what like you know and then like the nurse comes in and then I ask him like can I know like where my hcg levels are and I don't remember them like what they were at the time but they were I remember they were in range like for how many weeks I was at the time and then she goes well we want you to follow up with your OB and get your HCG levels um tested to see if they double so I'm like so confused like you know one minute it's like it's too early and then it's like you're having a miscarriage and then after that well you know let's just keep check your your levels might uh increase so it was like such a weird feeling because I didn't know how to feel leaving the hospital it was like back and forth of like I just didn't know how to feel so I remember that night it was like one of the worst like I was so scared I was just thinking like in any moment like I was gonna lose the baby I didn't know like I was scared like I was just gonna have like this like crazy amount of pain like I just it was just very, very, like, that whole period, like, that week of waiting was, like, traumatic, you know, just waiting and stuff, and um, so I remember calling my OB and for a follow-up, and he did some blood work, and I remember them, uh, I kept calling, and they said, oh, your levels, they didn't double, but they did increase, so I'm like, okay, you know, like, trying to stay hopeful and I'm like of course googling everything like I already know that I shouldn't but that's like my go-to so I'm like googling like okay well there's people that say that their levels didn't double and they went on to have successful pregnancies so that's what you know I had in my mind and 
just hoping like, okay. And then I remember my doctor also saying that my progesterone level was really good. Like it was in a, I can't remember the exact number, but it was in a good range. So, you know, he still believed like, you know, don't give up hope. Like this, he felt that the pregnancy was viable. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have some good news. Together, we have been able to pay $500 towards somebody's infertility debt. You guys know life after miscarriage can be quite expensive. If that's a DNC, infertility treatments, IVF, adoption, testing, you name it, we've all probably felt some sort of financial burden in this whole life after miscarriage. So in this episode, I have dropped links to our Lamb Fam merch, sweatshirts, t-shirts, tank tops, 100% of the profit goes towards these $500 life after miscarriage giveaways and will continue to do so. So go grab yourself some merch, take some pictures, share it on Instagram, and let's continue to support the Lamb Fam. I love you guys so much. I literally could not do this without you. So thank you. So um, after that, um, I remember like it was around Christmas time. So it was just so hard because as a matter of like August of that year, I lost my dad. Suddenly he just, he was dealing with some health issues and then he like suddenly just passed away from cardiac arrest. Um, so it was just very, very sudden. And we were grieving with that. And like Christmas time was like, that was my dad's favorite holiday. So I was already dealing with emotions for that, like first Christmas without my dad. And then like, you know, as a mom, trying to put on this face for our son like Christmas and make it special for him but I was like in that process in the waiting like trying to figure out like what's going on is the baby okay it was just a lot emotionally at that time and um, I remember having like light spotting here and there but um, nothing too serious like I never just like started bleeding so then we got up to like nine weeks ultrasound I remember we had our ultrasound and it was like the best ever. We saw the heartbeat, baby moving. It was so awesome. Um, the baby's heartbeat was actually like very strong. Um, so it was just so awesome. It was just really, really good feeling like all of that thinking like, okay, I'm just so glad that, you know, we held on to hope and stuff. So after that, um, I had a follow-up with my OB and I was telling him like, I'm still having some uh, spotting, but now it's like cramping on and off too. And he discovered that I had a cervical polyp. So then that's when he, when he examined it, he said that's where it looked like the bleeding was coming from because when he, he did his ultrasounds in the office and he said he actually likes to do his own ultrasounds. So every time he would do a vaginal ultrasound, he, the baby looked fine. The baby was okay. Like the only thing he can see was like irritation and things like with the polyp. And that's where he said that the bleeding was coming from. So then like around 10, 11 weeks, still spotting and everything. And I'm just like, okay, thinking it's the polyp. It's the polyp. Like I'm not going to freak out. So then like, I still ended up calling him. Um, he checked the baby again. Baby looked good. Everything um sounding great and then that's when he started talking about possibly removing the polyp so of course I go on google and I look up like you know re uh people that are pregnant and that have like cervical polyps, re polyps removed and some people said like they bled more and because he told me that that was a possibility and then I was like well I'm already spotting on and off and I'm like I know I'm going to be a mess if I start bleeding more not knowing if it's from the baby or from the polyp so we decided to just leave it alone from there. And then I got up to about 12 or 13 weeks. And then that's when like the cramping got like really bad, like bad back pain, like cramping. I'm like, okay, like I might've experienced some cramping when I was pregnant with Malik, but like, I just felt like this was different. And um, a friend of mine, she was pregnant too at the time, and we were not far apart at all. And she was actually experiencing similar symptoms and stuff. And and I'm like, yeah, but this just like in my bag, just something just seems really off. And then they say like, oh, your second pregnancy is different than your first. So I'm thinking maybe that's what it is. Like maybe my body is just going through it differently this time than the first time. 
And so I went, I called the doctor's office and the doctor wasn't in, but the nurse practitioner, she's amazing. And she told me, come in. So I remember going in, laying down and she was looking for the baby's heartbeat. And I felt like it took a little bit longer than usual, but she did find the heartbeat and it was like such a relief. But I just remember that day, just so much cramping, so much cramping. And of course, you know, like they always say, drink your water, drink your water and stuff. So I was just like chugging water, like, okay, maybe this, you know, will help the cramping, which it did. But, um, so like at this time, since I was like 12, 13 weeks, it was, uh, Valentine's day was approaching. And like, we had plans of announcing publicly, um, for Valentine's day, I really want to do something cute. And, uh, that's what we did. We ended up announcing on Valentine's day. Um, my son had a, like a little heart that said big brother. And then like we had Valentine's day kisses and announcing that we were expecting another baby. And then like, it's so crazy. The day that we announced, I remember going to work that day and like the cramping had intensified. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like why all this cramping? Like it just didn't stop, you know, it just didn't stop. So then after about a few more days, it did slow down. And um, I want to say now, um, it did slow down after a few days and then it came back, some spotting, let's fast forward now, like it's been a, like maybe like two weeks. And then like in March, um, March 1st to be exact, we were staying at my in-laws because my, um, because my mother-in-law by her suffering from some health issues, she had went through radiation. And unfortunately due to the radiation, she had some really bad side effects. Like a lot of her body, um, mobility had started to shut down on her where she wasn't able to walk and she wasn't able to talk anymore. Like her speech had stopped and she needed help from, um, a lot of us to help her pretty much like get dressed and eat. So we were there that weekend and my husband was helping take care of his mom because my um, father-in-law was out of town that weekend. And I remember that next morning, March 2nd, I woke up, went to the bathroom. I'm like 16 weeks now, went to the bathroom, very light spotting. I'm like, oh, here we go again, more spotting. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe the polyp. And I, at this time, Shelly, I was feeling kicks. Like I was feeling baby movement, not like hard kicks, but I was feeling the baby move, you know, inside of me and stuff. So I was like, mm, I felt the baby move last night. So I think everything's okay. So then like a half an hour passed and then something just came over me. I was like, let me call the emergency number just in case. So I called the emergency number like for the, my OB's um, office and the on-call doctor he had suggested for me to go to the hospital. So unfortunately, since my um, husband, he wasn't able to leave and go with me because he couldn't leave my mother-in-law by herself. Um, I ended up taking my son to my mom's house. And then I called one of my good friends to meet me to see if she can meet me at the hospital. Well, thankfully she wasn't working and she was available to go with me there. But I'm still not thinking that I'm going to hear anything. I'm just thinking they're going to say, oh, just, yeah, it's from your polyp. So when I get to the ER, they sent me down for an ultrasound. That ultrasound tech was phenomenal. I mean, she was talking to me, like we were having like a really awesome conversation. Like now when I look back at it, she basically distracted me and like trying to do a really good job of keeping the momentum going. And we were talking and I remember like briefly seeing the screen and I saw the baby. I didn't see any movement, but it didn't dawn on me like, oh, the baby's not moving. I literally thought like it was pictures, you know, like just pictures up on the screen or something. And um, so I remember going back downstairs and waiting for the results. And then that's when uh, the ER doctor came in. Um, this is at a, the other hospital, but she had came in and she's basically like, honey, I'm sorry, but the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. So I sit there and I looked at her like in disbelief and I, I just knew I'm like, no, she's wrong. I'm like, no, like I can feel this baby. I felt the baby. I like, I can feel the baby. 
And I was like, no. And I was adamant. I'm like, no, like, can we have another ultrasound? I'm like, I need another ultrasound, you know, because I promise, like, I remember hearing stories of like women that was getting ready to like have like a DNC and stuff. And then they ended up having an ultrasound and the baby did have a heartbeat. And so like all this stuff was playing in my head. Like maybe it was a mistake, like maybe just something, you know? So I was like, no, I need another ultrasound. And so she said, I'm going to get the on-call doctor in here. So he, the on-call doctor had got there. And um, at this time I called my husband. I said, babe, I, I need you to get here immediately. I was like, can you please call your brother to see if he can go, you know, be with your mom. I said, I really need you to get here immediately. I didn't tell him anything over the phone. And, um, <clears throat> and when the on-call doctor got in the room and he also said, I'm sorry, the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. I was still in shock and I still wanted another, I wanted, I still was telling him, I, I, I want another ultrasound. Now this doctor, the on-call doctor, the crazy thing about it he was the on-call doctor that delivered my son Malik because my original, like my OB at the time when I was um, pregnant with Malik, he was out of town. So this doctor delivered Malik and he just so happened to be the on-call doctor where I'm going through this unfortunate, you know, like traumatic like experience with this baby. So I'm like, I'm looking I'm like, he looks so familiar. And then that's when it dawned on me and I'm like, oh my gosh, he delivered Malik. And so um, my husband had got there. When my husband got there, that's when my friend had left. And when my husband walked in a room, that's when I lost it. When I just saw his face. And I feel like I was kind of numb. I didn't know what was going on at the time. I didn't want to believe what was, you know, being told to me. And I just, when Mike walked in that room, that's just when I lost it. And I was just like, I don't know. It was just something about seeing him and having the doctor in the room. And I, that's when I just broke down and that's when he started crying. And I told him, like, they're saying that the baby don't have a heartbeat. And then that's when the doctor, amazing bad side manner, he was just wonderful. And he basically said, we can get you, we can do another ultrasound. We can do another ultrasound. And he said, but I will tell you, he said, you're going to have to go up to labor and delivery. Um, and he was, and I started asking questions. I'm like, okay, so what if the baby doesn't have a heartbeat? what happens then? Like, what do we do? Like, you know, and she, he said, there were two options. He said, I could either do the medicine. I think it was Cytotech to induce, like for me to have the baby and then, or have a DNC. So I'm literally just sitting like scared out of my mind, like in shock and disbelief, because even though I had cramping, even though I had spotting, I just still like this whole time thinking, the baby is okay, that this is probably from the polyp, this is from my second pregnancy, just my body, just being different this time around, like me not really thinking that something was wrong with the baby. So I asked him, um, I'm like, okay, so if we were to do, if I was to do the Cytotech, because I remember like um, someone I know, they had um, a miscarriage and they were, they had the Cytotech, but I believe like they were at home and I guess it like took days. And like, that's what I was so afraid of. Like, I was just so terrified that this was just going to be like for days of waiting. And I was just so scared to go back home. And so pretty much we went up to labor and delivery and he ordered a second ultrasound. And then that's when the ultrasound tech came in showed us the screen, described everything. We got to see everything. And then that's when like, it really hit me like, okay, damn, like the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And I'm just looking at Mike, like what happened? Like, how did this happen? Like, I just felt like everything just changed overnight. You know, it was just so crazy. And, um, and, um, so the doctor, once again, I just couldn't, I didn't know what to do at the time. And then I had decided to do the Cytotech. And he said, I asked him, I said, so would I be staying here? He said, yes, you will not be going home until the baby has came, like baby was delivered and everything. I will not send you home. So that had gave me some comfort because I knew like, okay, I'm going to be in the hospital. Uh, so if anything like happen, like I would be in the care, like at the hospital. So they had inserted the Cytotech vaginally 
um, I want to say like around four o'clock. And then Shelly, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking so fast, but like even that day, like it, I've, everything just went so fast. Like I didn't think I was going to wake up that morning and then at four o'clock basically be getting ready to deliver my not living baby. You know, it was just, it was just so crazy. So basically at around like four o'clock, I want to say they gave me the medicine and they had me on like the monitors for like, basically like women that's getting ready to deliver a baby. Like they were monitoring contractions and everything. And I was just like, this is just so crazy. Like knowing what's getting ready to happen. And, um, I want to say it was about six, six thirty ish. And that's when like it really intensified. And I was like, I called the nurse. I'm like something. I'm like, I could tell, like, I'm getting ready to push. Like some, I could just tell right now, like the baby's getting ready to come out. She was like, no, I don't, not ready yet. And I'm like, no, I can tell. Like, I know, like, I, I really can tell. And mind you, I will say those nurses were amazing on the, they were so comforting. They were very awesome. Even with Mike, like checking in on him and just really amazing with us on that floor. And, um, so we did the baby was delivered and I remember asking Mike I said I'm not ready I don't want to see I was just so nervous I was afraid I didn't I was afraid of what I was going to see when I saw the baby and I just I guess in my head I didn't want that image to mess it up I don't know what I was you know thinking or I was just really scared and shocked numb like everything just happened so fast and I remember Mike too he said he wasn't ready either so something had came over me and I had I'm um, talking to Mike I was like I think I want to see the I really want to see the baby like something just hit me I want to see the baby so I had told the nurse and they brought the baby and then we got to see the baby and it was the best decision um, we both felt that we agreed to seeing the baby and the baby was born um when well not born but the baby was delivered when the baby I pushed the baby out that's when they brought the baby back in and I found out the baby was a boy and um just finding out like wow we would have had two boys and um they were amazing like they wrapped the baby up in like a crochet blanket and a hat and they offered to do pictures and we didn't do their pictures but we like did our own pictures and um they gave us like a memory box and a like a teddy bear and um and I remember another a lady that worked with the at the hospital she came in like and did a prayer with us and we prayed and I want this might be the next day because I feel like so much was going on that night and I think it was the next day when the lady came in and prayed with um us and I remember the doctor ordering for tests to be done and he ran so much blood work so much blood work and we also said that we wanted the baby um we wanted testing done on the baby and um one of the things that stood out to me was the next day when the doctor there was another doctor that came in that night as a matter of fact and after the baby came out the placenta didn't come out so she they were trying to help like for the placenta to come out and everything and it was just so crazy like knowing that going through all of that again but not delivering a born like a baby that was breathing and um I remember the next day the doctor coming in and checking on me and he just kept asking like how are you doing how are you doing mentally he was like I just want he's like I'm really concerned uh, I want to know, like, how you're doing mentally. I want to get you set up with, like, you know, you need some counseling. And I was just like, what? Like, wow. Like, you know, like, like now looking back at it, it was just awesome to see, like, like caring enough to know, like, yeah, this is pretty damn traumatic. And that even though it happened so fast, I think he was already getting ready to, like, basically telling me, like, you're, this is gonna, there's gonna be, a process for this afterwards and like my emotions and my uh, mental state like everything and um, I remember the next day and he said do you want to stay another day he, you know they made sure that we weren't by like any babies that were being born or anything like that and he was like you can stay another day 
you know, like he was offering to make sure that basically making sure that I was okay before I went home. And I just remember wanting to see my son. I wanted to hug him so bad and just squeeze Malik so tight. And I was just laying in the bed talking to Mike. I'm like, we just announced, we just announced that we were pregnant like a week and a half prior to this. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like it was just so many emotions going through me. Like what happened? Like what went wrong? And um, I just, it was just unbelievable. So, um, let me see. <clears throat> so basically I, once I got home and stuff, I just remember being like, so like, I was just, I, I felt like I wasn't there. I didn't want to move from the couch. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just felt like so disconnected. It was just like, I, I, I don't know. It was just, I was really numb. Like what just happened? And you know, leaving the hospital, knowing that I don't have my baby with me anymore inside of me. And um, like after a few days of just kind of just being around the house and I just, something like came over me. I looked at Malik and I was like, okay, I got to get up. I got to do this for him. You know, he was my motivation because it was really, really hard. Like I felt like I was getting into like a deep depression, like a really deep depression. It was so, so hard. And um, a day or two later after that, I want to say a day after I came home from the hospital, my mother-in-law had went to the hospital. And I want to say she had slipped into like a coma while she was on like life support. And so we ended up having to go to the hospital. I want to say it was like two days later. And I was just like, oh my gosh, all this is going on. And so like we're at, we're in the ICU and families up there and you know we're everyone you know is hugging and you know so like my mom knew my father-in-law knew like um his brother knew my sister-in-law they all knew but like other family members that were coming up there nobody knew what had happened because it literally just happened so you know of course people's like how are you doing how's the baby and I'm like oh like great you know like how's the baby and I just I lost it like oh, we lost the baby, you know, just having to say that, you know, oh, we lost the baby. And it was just like repetitive, like, oh, we lost the baby, you know, and stuff. So it was just like being forced to have to say that right then and there. And, um, and, um, <clears throat> so by me feeling like, okay, having to say this over and over, something told me I'm like I'm gonna call reach out to one of my um, friends that I worked with at the time and like she was uh, a supervisor also and I had asked her and I told her what had happened and I said you know I'm gonna be taking some time off of work but I really appre would appreciate it if you can give a heads up to what happened I wanted them to know so she didn't tell the whole workplace we were at the time when I worked there we worked in pods so pretty much like little subdivisions of like, I, I was an um, ABA therapist. I did therapy, behavior therapy um, with children with autism. And we had like little subdivisions pretty much. And we worked one-on-one -on -one with certain clients. So there was a certain group of therapists that I worked closely with. And so she only notified those close-knit therapists that I would have those like daily interactions with. And she, they had like a private meeting. She called like a private meeting for them and she told them. And I, for me, it was like the best thing that could happen before I returned to work so that I wouldn't be hit with questions of how you doing, Janae? How's this and that? Because I didn't want to have to keep repeating over and over like, oh, I lost the baby and <clears throat> having to say that over and over. So I talk about, I don't know if I said this already, but I had talked about two weeks off from work. And um, it was just so much, like I said, like grieving my dad that had passed away uh, seven months before that. And then um, my mother-in-law in the hospital. Well, she stayed in the hospital and then she got, she was getting, she got transferred to a, um, <clears throat> an acute care medical center and she was going to go there for like therapy. Well, on March 29th, she passed away. So it was just crazy. It was like, 
now my husband just lost his mom, you know, and he just lost the baby, you know, three weeks before that. And, you know, it was just so much in such a short time of going on. And um, after my mother-in-law passed away, I said, okay, I want to reach out and I want to go to therapy. And I've always dealt with like anxiety, um, you know, for years. And I remember going to therapy, like in my early twenties and, you know, I didn't go too long. I didn't stick with it. So then like, I just felt like, no, like I really need to go to therapy, like grieving my dad and losing the baby, you know, losing my mother-in-law and seeing my husband go through that hurt also and stuff and trying to be there for our son, you know, Malik mentally and stuff. And I was just like, I really need to seek out and go to therapy. So I ended up um, going to therapy. I started therapy. I want to say like April, the beginning of April. And so I was going to therapy, skipped to May. I ended up um, talking with my husband and we both decided like, you know, for me to take some time off from work. So I had um, put in my two weeks. I was um, not working there anymore. And um, I just felt like it was the best thing for me at the time, mentally, emotionally. And uh, I also wanted to have time with my um, Malik and we were also getting ready to sell our house that summer. So we just had like a lot going on, trying to get our house on the market and everything. And then I remember in June, I just, you know, from the day I came home, I'm looking up a miscarriage hashtag, like just looking up anything, you know, just trying to find somebody that I can feel like connected with, you know, it's so sad to feel like, oh, you want to find people like that, but it's just like, you want to, I wanted to feel connected with somebody that can relate and know exactly what I mean, not exactly know, but can um, relate to what I was going through. But like in June, I remember hearing like everyone's talking about podcasts, something I just randomly searched miscarriage on podcast app and your podcast came up and it was like, oh my gosh, I got hooked. I was just like, I got like, I remember out of the first episode, I got so much healing out of that. And I like became hooked. Like I remember like getting stuff ready for the house to sell. I was just listening to episodes all day. Like when I'm in the car driving, listening to podcast episodes it was just like I was just so like wow this is out there like do people know this you know what I mean like I was just like oh my gosh like there's a podcast on people that's dealt with miscarriage and like hearing people's stories and I'm able to like relate and stuff to that and um I remember going to go see my family my doctor um that summer and just for like a checkup and I had mentioned to her because like some years ago there were like some nodules that had showed up on my uh, thyroid, but um, I had them biopsied and everything came back fine. And so I think it was like two years, well now it'll be three, but like last year was like two years ago. And I was like, you know, I can't remember when my thyroid doctor said he wanted me to follow up and get them, get them checked out again. And so she said, well, I'm gonna, she's like, I'm going to put in an order for your thyroid levels and how you call him to schedule and say like, you just want to get another like ultrasound done to uh, check your, your thyroid levels. So I had forgot to call. Well, I did call him to schedule an appointment, but then at the same time, my OBGYN, I had like a uh, follow-up with him and he had scheduled an ultrasound done just to, check and see like how everything was doing and um and by the way um to go back all my test results when I after I um had the miss miscarriage that all my test results came back fine they couldn't find anything everything came back normal nothing had came up so I was kind of like frustrated I mean it's a blessing that nothing came up but it's like in that moment you kind of want to I wanted to find a reason, you know, like you're searching for a reason of like, why did this happen? Like, there has to be some reason why this happened, especially I'm thinking about my like at 16 weeks, like, why did this happen? So anyways, um, <clears throat> I went in for ultrasound to get an ultrasound done on uh, in 
it was for the OB doctor and they're like, oh, you have an order also for your thyroid. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So they did the thyroid um, ultrasound and I followed up with the thyroid doctor. So thankfully the nodules were fine. They didn't grow in size or anything like that. And I just brought up to the thyroid doctor. I said, you know, I had a um, miscarriage back in March and, you know, I don't know if there could be anything with like my thyroid or anything like that. And like my T TSH levels have been like, you know, 1.13 uh, and then like 1.86. And um, <clears throat> so he said, well, you know, there's, there is a link between um, people uh, I'm sorry, women with like um, antibodies like Hashimoto's and um, miscarriage. So he had ordered for me to get my antibodies, the TPO antibodies tested. And sure enough, they came back positive. And I was like, I was relieved. I was like telling mom, like, oh, finally, Mike, we got something, you know? And then I briefly, I remember going through like, I wish I had known this, like maybe we could have done something to prevent this and then and then I was like no Janae like this you know I'm just was grateful that there was something you know found and he had prescribed me um levothyroxine I want to say that's how you pronounce it and um I was on that for like two months and then like my thyroid levels they just kind of like started getting out of whack from there and then like my Hashimoto's my TPO antibody levels like they actually increase so I remember like getting off of the he told me you know all right stop taking the levothyroxine so I was off of it and I was like doing some research where they said like um that uh, like going like gluten-free and I did do that and I remember like feeling like so much better uh like I had more energy and everything and just recently, I went back to see him in December, and uh, <clears throat> and he, my TSH levels and everything, like they were getting back to where they needed to be. But he didn't test me for my TPO antibodies. I didn't like understand why. And he was like, "Well, you know, once you test test positive for Hashimoto's, you always have it." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, true, but." I still want to know like what the levels are because from what I've been researching, it's still important to stay on top of those levels, you know, and he kind of was just kind of like brushing it off, you know, like, well, we don't need to, you know, keep testing it. And I just told my husband, like, this just doesn't sit well with me, you know? So, you know, basically now where we are is, you know, I want to <clears throat> move on to finding another, a second opinion, like a thyroid doctor an endocrinologist to see, you know, their take on like Hashimoto's and, you know, pregnancy and stuff. And like, I've even like been searching like Hashimoto's pregnancy. And then I remember like you've even um, mentioned like you <clears throat> had um, some issues with your thyroid in the past and stuff. So pretty much I feel like I talked extremely fast, but there's so much that had like went down emotionally all of last year and like I said for us prepping to like uh get ready to sell our house and just me focusing on therapy I knew that I didn't want to right away like it was best for us to just wait a little bit before we started trying for a baby again so pretty much that's where we you know are right now and you know it's just so crazy after this happened it's just like seeing how prevalent and how common like so many women, like even in my circle, how many women have been affected by miscarriage, you know what I mean? Miss miscarriage or, you know, and it's just so crazy that there's somebody that knows somebody that has, you know, went through it and that just not a lot of people are talking about it. And, and I feel like from last year to now, there are a lot more people talking about it, you know, but still, it's still to me one of those topics you know, that, which is, I understand everyone deals with things their own way and they might not want to talk about it, but it's just so crazy to see that how many people, um, women have been affected by um, miscarriage. And another thing after I had the miscarriage was 
like no finding out like October is pregnancy and infant um loss like awareness month and it's just like like what there's a awareness month for this and I'm just like how sad like why don't we talk about this more you know what I mean like so <clears throat> and like to backtrack I will say this it was so scary when I found out that we had lost the baby and I was like oh my gosh what are we gonna do we just announced and I remember like weeks after that I ended up posting um, a status and putting it out there on Facebook, like what we had went through and on Instagram and sharing our story really briefly at the time that we had lost the baby, because I felt for me and for Mike that it would have, it would help us say for people asking, Oh, how are you guys doing? How's the baby? When are you due? And all of those questions, you know, and stuff. And I know that would have at that time emotionally done a lot you know, to me to keep hearing that over and over. So it was like, kind of like, like, a, like a weird, like a blessing in disguise, like announcing it. Because I feel like if I never had shared, like announced that we were expecting, and then we lost the baby, I don't know if I had have came out publicly and said that we lost the baby. And I am so glad that I did. Because even though it was scary in that moment, it was so healing to be able to get that out and share. And then I was also hoping by me sharing like what we went through, that hopefully it would hit somebody that might have experienced it themselves and that they might feel alone, you know, and might not can talk to anybody about it, that, you know, we went through it. And then like after that, I like shared something for like um, <clears throat> pregnancy, um, and infant loss um, awareness month. And I remember like sharing something about that as well, as well. And I feel like, you know, lately that I am starting to see more people talk about it more and stuff. But like I said, even though it's still such a, I guess like a fragile topic, I guess, but you had recently posted something on your Instagram where I clicked on it, where one of the ladies was talking about, like, we wait, we wait three months or something to, to hide or, I mean, not to share our joy so that we can kind of. Uh, yeah, in, ca in case something happens, like we, we wait. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's like trying to, we're thinking about other people's feelings, you know what I mean? And like, not having to like not having to come out and say if we do lose our baby like oh having to come out and say that and make other people uncomfortable you know and it's mm -hmm. like we shouldn't have to feel that way and stuff so pretty much you know that's where we are right now and I'm just so grateful that I've came that I came across your podcast Shelly like it has been so healing for me and I am so thankful um just it's been a roller coaster and it's just so crazy how much time has gone by you know and it's like you cannot I can't feel like I can fully describe everything you know because there's just so many ups and downs you have good days and then you have like you go back and you wonder like what would the baby be like you know the baby will be in my our son Malik he like we talked to him you know and he knows that he had a baby brother that's in heaven you know and stuff and he actually has been asking about the baby a lot lately and like we pray in, at night and he prays for his baby brother and stuff. So, you know, it's sometimes those questions are hard, you know, him asking about his baby brother and knowing like he would be here with us right now, you know. And then you also had another thing you mentioned about like people asking you questions like, um, I think like, are you going to be done at two or something like two babies? Are you going to be done or something like that you posted recently? And I know I usually get the question of like, oh, is he your only one? And then, like, sometimes I'm like, yes. And then other times I'm like, no, like, I have a baby in heaven. Like, no, I have another baby, but he's just not here on earth with us. But I have another baby. And it's just like, I feel like going through this has even made me more conscious on asking. and For sure. You know, asking women, like, it's just none of your business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, yeah. It's just like none of your business, you know. Uh, Maybe somebody only wants one child. Maybe somebody doesn't want any children. Maybe, you know what I mean? You just never know 
someone's story or, you know, you ask them, when are you guys going to have kids? They could be trying to have kids. They could have been trying for years and maybe they just couldn't have children. You know what I mean? So it's just definitely brought me a lot more awareness, brought a lot of awareness to me as well, you know? So pretty Same much here. that's, yeah. I totally agree. Now I'm just so happy that the podcast found you and that you felt the pull to share yourself. Um, it's going to help so many people. And I want to thank you for that. I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? It would be to reach out and try to find, just reach out and talk about it if you can. Like, you know, I just feel like talking about it and getting it out has helped me so much even if it's not, I'm not talking about necessarily social media. I'm talking about like finding a friend or finding somebody on social media that you might not even know, but that can connect with you. Just reaching out. And I also want to throw out there, like therapy has helped me tremendously in healing as well, you know, and stuff that, you know, don't hesitate if you feel that you need extra help to reach out and think about going to therapy. Those would be my two things. It's just basically just trying to talk and find somebody that you can you know, connect with. And if someone wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram handle is JT Levin seven um, on Instagram. So yeah, JT Levin seven. Awesome. I will go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode as well so that people can reach out to you. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. We all really appreciate it. And good luck with everything. You'll have to keep me in the loop and yeah, keep us posted. Yes. Thank you so much, Shelly. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.